Welcome to the Grind and Be Grateful podcast. I'm your host, Marie Wold, health and fitness influencer, coach, and lifestyle entrepreneur committed to educating and empowering women to become their very best selves. Each week, my guests and I are proving that with hard work and the right mindset, absolutely anything is possible. We are here to bring you not just inspiration, but also actionable takeaways that you can use to create a life that you love right now. We're talking all things personal development, including health, fitness, confidence, relationships, and so much more. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's jump into today's episode. You're listening to episode number 42 of the Grind to Be Grateful podcast. I'm super glad that you clicked play on this one, even though it has the word money in the title. I know that finances can be a touchy subject for some people, but today I really want to make money talk normal and break the stigma around it because our financial health is so, so important when it comes to our quality of life, our stress, and our just overall well-being and happiness. And as we'll talk about today, That doesn't mean that you have to make a ton of money to be happy or secure. It just means that you have to know how to optimize what you do have and really get empowered about finances. So that's exactly what we're going to do today with our lovely guest, my friend Chloe, who is a 23-year-old millennial money coach, and she helps millennials pay off debt, actually get ahead with their finances, and save for big future investments without making huge, painful sacrifices. After paying off over $36,000 of her own debt in just 18 months and seeing how it transformed her life, Chloe found her calling and decided to show other 20-somethings how to create a life of financial freedom for themselves too. Her mission is to make finances fun and easy for millennials and prove that you can travel, be social, enjoy your young adulthood, and still get ahead with money at the same time. It is not magic and it is 100% legal, you guys. She is amazing. She's an expert in negotiating, gaining confidence around money, and advocates for her clients to optimize their finances instead of sacrificing all the things that they love. Chloe's clients are proof that you don't have to wait until you're 60 to have financial freedom, and that it's absolutely possible to enjoy life, travel, and spend money without stress right now. And she also has an incredible program called the Wealth Accelerator, which is open for enrollment until the end of this week. And you can check out the show notes for more details and a special offer for my listeners, but you're definitely going to get so much value just in this episode alone. And I'm so excited for you to meet Chloe. But before we get into the episode, let's do the review of the week. This one is from AK Silver 21. And she said, best podcast out there, five stars. I have followed Marie since her bikini prep days on social media and listened to her podcast a handful of times, but I recently binge listened to the Grind and Be Grateful podcast while doing a house project. And all I can say is, wow, Marie has such a pleasant voice to listen to and you can hear her excitement come through in each and every episode. Her topics and insights help you get fired up about becoming your best self. Sunflower emoji, purple heart emoji. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for sticking with me all this time. I'm really grateful for literally every single one of my supporters, but it's extra cool to have people that have seen me go through so many different seasons and do so many things and still stand by me and still support me. That just means the world to me and is such a gift. So thank you, AK Silver 21 for being a part of my journey and for coming with me on this amazing podcast adventure. I'm glad I could keep you company during your projects and I would love to send you a limited edition Grind to Be Grateful t-shirt as a little treat for being so supportive. So if you're listening, AKSilver21, please DM me on Instagram at Marie E. Wold and tell me your size and address so I can get that sent out to you. If you're listening right now and you're not the review of the week, you can get a chance to be featured next week and receive a limited edition shirt of your own by leaving us a rating and review on iTunes. I know you probably always tell yourself, I'll do it next time, or my review doesn't really make a difference, but it truly only takes one minute of your time and makes my entire day. Like I grin ear to ear every time we get a new review. So just know that that one minute just makes my entire day. And this show is 
obviously free for you to tune into, but one way that you can give back to my team and to me is by leaving us a rating and review. Like it's so simple, so easy, and such a good way to just show us that you appreciate our hard work and they just mean the world. So if you have a minute and you're not driving right now, head on over to iTunes, find the rating and review section, either on iTunes on your computer or the podcast app on your phone and leave us an honest thought. We really, really appreciate it. This episode is brought to you by my all-time favorite supplement brand, PE Science. PE Science is always leading the industry with science-backed ingredients, amazing quality, and great taste. So if you're looking to level up your health and fitness regimen, I definitely recommend grabbing their True Multi and Omega-3 Combo Pack, which is like a multivitamin and Omega-3 Combo, which is so, so great for supporting your overall health, as well as their Symbiont GI Digestive Blend. Those three together are like powerhouses for overall wellness, energy, skin and gut health, bloating, and more. You can get all PE Science products for 15% off when you use code Marie on PEScience.com. Oh, and by the way, they always throw in tons of free samples. I always get tagged in y'all's Instagram stories with your surprise and delight over how many samples you get in every order. So that's awesome. So if you want to check out those products and everything else that PE Science has to offer, head on over to PEScience.com. That's P E-S-C-I-E-N-C-E dot com and use discount code Marie to save you 15%. Now, without further ado, let's get into the episode. Chloe Money, welcome to the Grind and Be Grateful podcast. Yes, I'm so excited to be here and so excited for my nickname to go public. I know. Well, money. <laughs> Guys, I met Chloe at a weekend mastermind getaway kind of girls trip and we kind of like instantly clicked because first of all, she's funny as heck, as you'll find out. And she also has so much to share about personal finance and wealth and money mindset and all that stuff. And I don't want to give too much away because she'll share her own story. But basically, Chloe, you developed a process that allowed you to pay off like $36,000 of debt in only 18 months. And now you teach other millennials to get ahead with money in the same way, right? Yes, you could not have said it more perfectly. I went on my own financial journey and realized, hey, if me, a very normal college kid can do it, I can teach anybody else how to do it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think the skills that you have and the knowledge that you have is so needed right now because it's really common nowadays for people our age to feel like they're kind of drowning when it comes to finances and like it's impossible to get ahead. But you are proof that it is possible and you just need to have like the right strategies and the mindset in place. So I'm super excited to share that with our people because it's going to be really like freeing and empowering for them, not scary <laughs> the way that people think talking about money is. Exactly. It is 100% my mission in life to make finances feel fun and easy and just something that anybody, no matter where you're at, can feel totally confident in. Mm -hmm. I love it. Okay. So let's backtrack because I'm sure me saying like Chloe paid off $36,000 of debt in 18 months, like probably piqued a lot of people's interest, like their ears perked up. So what is your background in finance? Like I know your college experience led into that. So kind of give us like the timeline of how you grew into being a finance expert. For sure. So I was definitely not always financially inclined, I would say. In fact, I hated money. I hated talking about money and I felt like I would never have enough money. So even in high school, I had my first job when I was like 14 years old working at A&W root beer stands at like local fairgrounds. And since then, like since 14, I've always had a job, if not multiple jobs from like babysitting and teaching swimming lessons and all this stuff. So in high school, I was working a lot. And for a high schooler, I made pretty good money, but that money always left. Like that money went came in, then I wondered where it went. And you'll notice a pattern with that. <laughs> so then I went to college same thing. I was always a really hard worker. I had multiple jobs, worked in the mailroom, worked over my lunch break at a trading commodities firm and babysat and did all these random things. But no matter how much I worked, I always wondered where my money went. And in college especially, I was missing out on all the fun. 
it would be another girls' night that I had to say I couldn't go to. It'd be another birthday party or another lunch that I had to say no to because I had to work, but I had nothing to show for it. So after meltdown and meltdown, a meltdown of constantly wondering, how do I make good money and work all the time and have nothing to show for it? I just kind of became fed up. And it actually happened. I kind of hit my rock bottom. I went through a pretty bad breakup. And I was just kind of in this state of wondering, like, God, why would you do this to me? And just feeling like everything was against me and feeling so helpless that I just wanted to be in control of something. I just wanted to feel empowered and really kind of like take back my, what I felt like I could do and I could be, and I could feel like I had some kind of control over a situation. So I finally decided, okay, this is the day I'm done just telling myself that I'm going to figure out my finances. I'm actually going to do that. So I just went balls to the walls, figuring out how I can fix my finances. And I read all these books, hired coaches, took courses, listened to money podcasts, and just kind of went kind of crazy about there has to be a way. Like, how is this possible? Like, people are out there doing well with money. Like, why am I not that person? It doesn't make any sense. So I basically found this process that works for me. And all of a sudden, I was still in college. I didn't get a raise. I didn't get another job. I just all of a sudden had money. And I all of a sudden like could put money towards savings and could put money towards debt. And I didn't get a raise. I didn't make more money. I just optimized what I was already doing. And I was like, holy shit, I'm onto something. (laughs) And that's really when everything just kept rolling in the positive direction. And I kept gaining momentum and momentum, which really that process led me to paying off that 36K of debt in 18 months. And that's when everything changed for me. And I was like, holy shit. Like I was just a 20-year-old working normal part-time college jobs. And just by figuring this out, I was able to completely change the trajectory of my life. You know, I was like, I got to show other people how to do this. This is crazy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's insane. And so you basically took a combination of like everything that you learned from all sorts of different sources and like distilled it down to like your preferred signature strategy that you now teach everyone else. And it's nothing illegal. It's nothing magic. It's just like being strategic and being intentional with your money and like approaching it in the right way. Exactly. And what I found when I was doing like all this research and figuring out all this stuff is that all of the books and stuff that I was reading about money, a lot of it was geared towards people that were in their 50s and screwed up their finances and needed to fix it. And I was like, I'm in my 20s. I don't really like have all these crazy things that you're talking about. And I don't have just 10 years until retirement. Like I'm 20 years old. And so a lot of this stuff, like I kept trying to find where's the advice for the 20 year old? Like where's the advice for somebody who isn't in this huge rabbit hole that they need to get out of? Like where's the advice for the millennial that just needs some tricks to optimize where they can keep their lifestyle and really skyrocket? Like one of the big people that I looked up to in the beginning was Dave Ramsey. And I still absolutely respect so much of his teachings, but a lot of it, I kind of had a time period where I became obsessed with it. And I became obsessed with the scarcity mindset. Like one of his sayings is rice and beans, like rice and beans. Like if you are trying to get out of debt, only eat rice and beans and put all your extra money towards debt. And I kind of got in that mentality to where at one point my friends would say, hey, let's get coffee. And I would be like, nope, because I didn't want to buy a $3 coffee. And everything, I felt guilty about spending all the time. I felt like nervous and stressed around money. And that's where I kind of was like, something's wrong with this. Like that mentality is for someone who is 55 and they only have five years to fix their finances. Like that kind of like dramatic strategy. And so I was like, there's a gap here. Like what about the 20 year old that it's possible for them to absolutely crush it financially and have their lifestyle now without that sacrifice. So that's when I was like, this is totally possible. So that's where I found this huge gap in the industry and started saying, all right, I'm going to fill this gap. (laughs) 
Yeah, and you are killing it. So the first thing I want to talk about is actually money mindset. And like, we're definitely going to get into like the tangible, actionable steps for like actual strategies to take back control of your money and like make it feel amazing the way you're saying it can feel. But first, let's talk about money mindset because personally, I'm still feeling like I'm learning how to like adult and I'm by no means a personal finance guru. But one thing that I feel like I do have a strength in is my money mindset. And I think that's been a huge factor in my financial security. So can you give us a breakdown of like what having a good money mindset looks like and why it makes such a huge difference? For sure. Absolutely. So I experienced this a lot in my own financial journey is that I kept telling myself in the beginning, like if I just had a little bit more money, then I won't feel stressed around money. If I just had a little bit more money, then I won't feel so negative about money. And then I would get more money and still feel that and like still feel that stress. And then I would say, oh, once I'm debt free, then I won't feel stress. Then I became debt free and I still stress. And it was like kind of this huge realization that the money mindset stuff, the money box that you face, more money won't fix that. And that's why money mindset is so important because the logistics, like the actual spreadsheets and all that stuff, it's so important. And that's totally like half of the emphasis of my coaching. But the other half is figuring out what are the blocks? Like, where are you totally stuck when you can't really explain like why you're stuck, but you just are, you know, that's kind of like what money mindset is. And money mindset is kind of this like buzzword right now, which I love. I'm like all about it. I'm like, woohoo, money mindset. Let's talk about it. (laughs) I'm like all about it. But really what it boils down to, if you're someone who's like, I don't really understand like what this whole money mindset thing is, I really like to simplify it into like one question and it's what do you believe is possible for you? And anytime that you hit something that tells you that's not possible for you, oftentimes that's a money block. So I do this a lot with clients to kind of see, okay, where can we butt up against a money block? And I'll kind of just like question them until we get to one. And one of the first things that I ask them when we first start working together is what is your biggest financial dream? And a typical response is usually something like, um, I don't know, to like maybe pay off my student loans before I die, you know, like something like that. And I will ask them like, why do you set that goal so far off? And they're like, okay, well, I'm kidding, but I just know that I'll have those student loans for a long time. And I'm like, aha, crikey, we found a money block, you know? (laughs) And so my favorite question to ask in that situation is who told you that? Who told you that you're going to have those student loans for a really long time? Like who made up that rule that you have kept in your head as a truth? And when you can ask yourself that, then you can kind of break it down and say, has anyone ever paid off their student loans and not had them for a really long time? Like, can I think of any examples of someone who has broken that quote unquote, like truth in my eyes? And then if you can find an example of someone that that is not true for, you can ask yourself like, well, why can't that be not true for me? Like, why can't I be the one who does pay off my student loans? Because Becky, let's call her, Becky will never, ever, ever pay off her student loans by 40 on accident if she thinks that she's going to pay it off by 60. Like, she'll never pay them off at 23 if she thinks she's going to have them forever. So that's step number one. She'll never just like, oh my gosh, it's crazy. I like woke up one day and I paid off my student loans. Like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I just like had no idea. It just happens. Like, no, if she doesn't believe that's possible for her, she'll never hit that goal. So that's why money mindset is so important because it doesn't matter. Like, I can't tell you how many times I have a client like inquiry and I'm on the phone and just from hearing like a few pieces of information, like the person will say, I'm making $80,000 a year. I have pretty low expenses and I'm going to have debt forever. And I'm like, well, how much debt do you have? And they're like 6,000. And just like doing the math in your head, you know, like you make 70K a year and in their head, like that 6,000 could be a million dollars because they don't think it's possible for them. So the logistics aren't enough. Like showing them on a, like, here's a sticky note and I'm going to write 70,000 minus 6,000 and show them like, look at all this wiggle room. And it's like, no, that's not enough. First, they have to understand that that's possible for them in order to get into the place where they're like, okay, let's do the logistics. The logistics are easy once you can get that foundation of the money mindset. 
Right. And just like believing that is possible. And I think the first part that you're talking about, like, oh, I will be able to get ahead with money when X, Y, Z, or I'll be able to start saving when blah, blah, blah. I feel, I'll feel confident in my money when like, that's something that I say a lot about like wellness and confidence is everyone's like, oh, I'll be confident when I lose five pounds or I'll be confident once I can like fit into a size, whatever. And like, it's totally backwards. Like you need to work on the confidence. You need to work on the money mindset, like as you currently are and find a way to make your current situation work. Otherwise your future, like even if you make the progress that you're wanting is never going to feel the way that you think it's going to feel because your mindset isn't changing. Even if the external circumstance changes, the internal circumstances aren't changing and therefore your reality doesn't change, right? Exactly. And you had an Instagram post about this the other day that I had like goosebumps about old Maria would be so disappointed if she knew because it's like you just want to go back and like hug your younger self. You know, you just want to be like, I'm so sorry that you thought that everything would be fine if we just had that perfect thing come along. And it's like, oh my gosh. And it's crazy. It's so easy to get caught up in that because we see the kind of grass is greener. And when we can go inside of ourselves and figure out a lot of these blocks and a lot of these things we're setting for ourselves, you know? And I don't think we've mentioned this yet, but when we're talking about money mindset, most of our money beliefs are set around seven or eight years old. And I was like wearing my underwear, my head and like singing Lion King Mm. and just doing a bunch of super weird stuff. I really liked bugs when I was little, super weird. But I hate bugs. <laughs> and I think like a lot has changed from that my eight-year-old self. And I definitely want to update those money beliefs too, because I don't want that eight-year-old self who just thought, oh, if I just had that coloring book, you know, then everything would be good. If I just had that one thing, everything would be good. And we need to update that in order to grow past that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's kind of like your posts that you recently made. We're just having like an Instagram fangirl moment. But your post recently that was like the most dangerous person to be is the next time person. Like, can you explain that more? Because I think that that is super, super relevant as well. Yeah, absolutely. So made this post about the most dangerous person to be is the next time person. And we kind of talked about this a little bit, but I used to really tell myself all the time. I won't be stressed about money anymore when I have more money. And it was so scary when that time came, when I had the quote unquote more money and I wasn't less stressed because your stress and my stress, especially like it doesn't come from money. It comes from the belief around what money is. And if you feel like money always leaves, like this is a pretty common example that I hear. So I like to use it is people who say they really don't want to spend stuff. Like they're really scared to invest in themselves, even if they have- Like a tight grip on their money. Yeah, tight grip. This is somebody who they have the money in their account to invest, but they don't want to. And this is the reason. They're in a situation where they have this belief that money always leaves. So they grip onto money, like, please do not leave. I'm begging you. And- Can you imagine if you do that in a relationship? Like I know. Right? It's the same thing. It's like needy props. Like, whoa. Stage five clinger. Stage five clinger. Yeah. Eh, eh, eh. Like, please (laughs) leave. Please get away. And what does that do? Let's talk about the stage five clinger. What does that do when you're on your third date and you're like, hey, what are we going to name our future kids? Like, I love you. Like, do you want to move in with me? When can I meet your parents? I texted your mom. I got her number from my phone. They're like, oh my gosh, what do they do? They run away. And so it's like restraining then, order, the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. A few other things, a few other legal things too. But they leave. And so then when we are squeezing on the money, we're trying our hardest to keep it. And then it leaks out, something comes up and an unexpected expense comes up and it leaves. It reinforces our belief that I knew it. I knew that was true. Of course it left. Of course that happens. That's because money always leaves. Instead of kind of being able to step back from that position and say, you know what, what if the only reason that's true is because of the way I'm acting based on my belief and not because that belief is 100% true. And so when we can step out of it, that's how we break the cycle. But so often it's the reinforcement of the belief from our actions that keep us stuck in that cycle. And what's crazy 
I like love the numbers game. So I love like bringing up numbers, but this kind of goes off of the most dangerous person to be is the next time person, especially when it comes to your finances. When you put off your finances, it is costing you thousands. And I mean it. I have so much data to back it up, but I love this kind of this because it's super simple. But if you were to start at 25 years old and consistently invest $380 a month, you'd have a million dollars at 65. If you wait 10 years, you have to end up investing $162,000 more to get that exact same total. Jeez. Yeah. And that's just one tiny example. Like that isn't talking about like debt or anything. And it's funny because I say this quote, like it's not a quote example, I guess, a lot. And the funny thing is one of the responses that I get a lot is, oh my God, $380. Like that's how much I need to be investing. And I'm like, first off, you're missing the point. (laughs) But second off, the average car payment in the United States is $530 for new vehicles and 394 used vehicles or like not 2019 or whatever. And it's crazy because in our society, buying a new car and having a car payment of 530 is average and normal, but investing 380 is like, oh my God, like who has that leftover money to do that? And it's like, bro, shouldn't be leftover. Like this should be a priority. (laughs) Right, right. I mean, it's so much about priorities. Yes. And so being the next time person is legitimately costing you thousands. Mm -hmm. My audience, like most of the people listening right now are millennial women who are in that prime position to like set themselves up for the rest of their lives. And I know that it's so easy to be like, oh, I have time. No one has their shit figured out right now. Like it's okay. Which I mean, that's true no one has their shit figured out right now. But if you're going to figure anything out, like let it be this because the angle that you're starting at has the biggest difference and it just compounds over and over and over and over and over again for the rest of your life. So get this figured out early and it's not that hard. Like you really just have to figure it out once. I mean, it's an ongoing journey to like do your money mindset and all that stuff, but to like learn how to make a budget and like do things the right way and find a system that works for you is not that hard. And we build it out to be this really difficult, scary thing. But like when you name something and when you can identify it and you get familiar with it, it loses its power over you, you know? A hundred percent. That's such a great way to put it. So perfect. Like one of the first things that I make every single client do is to audit. Like, where are you now? And for so many people, that is the scariest part of working with me the entire time because they are so nervous to face it. And once they do, it's like, it's this huge deep breath of, okay, it's only up from here, you know? Yeah. The first time I did my budget, I was like, wait, I have this much money that I can just have in my guilt-free spending like because every time before that I like felt guilty every time I spent money on something that wasn't like practical or whatever when in reality I could have just had it in my budget and not felt bad about it because I knew it was part of the plan it's actually so much better once you just rip the band-aid and figure it out absolutely and I get asked a lot about budgeting a lot people are like do you budget you know they like approach it like a bad word like do you like budget. You know, they're like super nervous about it. And yeah, I budget, but I don't think I budget in the same way most people do. And especially when I say budget, the emotionality that I have behind it and the way I teach on it is not how most people think of a budget. So most people think of a budget as super restrictive, like, oh my gosh, you have to do this and you need to sacrifice this and you can't spend on this. And I use it with my clients as a way to spend guilt-free. Exactly what you said. A lot of my clients struggle with this. Prior to working with me, no matter what they spend their money on, they feel guilty, like all the time. And I definitely relate to that because that's where I was too. But where I am now, I just think about that. Like I cannot imagine, I can't imagine because it was 100% me. But right now, every single time you swipe a credit card, feeling anxiety. And like every single purchase you make, feeling bad about it. Every single time you type your card in, feeling guilty. Like that kind of stress around money, it's no wonder that people don't like talking about money, that people don't want to deal with money, that people are just stressed and 
I don't know. There's just so much like horrible stigma around money because of that. And I get that. And it, oh my gosh, it breaks my heart because if people can just sit down and say, look at the spreadsheet, like this is where the logic comes in. Like my training is very like vision plus action, mindset plus logic. If you can look at a spreadsheet and say, wow, I can spend $50 on this amazing going to be grateful hoodie and not feel bad about it because it's so perfect. I want it so badly. And I know that by looking at my spreadsheet, I can 100% meet all my goals. I can pay all my bills. I can do everything that I need to in my budget. And I can have this. I feel great about doing it. And there's no guilt attached to it. So by being able to do that, it frees you. It just frees you from that stress and anxiety around money, which is like one of the biggest gifts you can give yourself. And it's so easy, you know? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think honestly avoiding money and like avoiding not wanting to strategize and systematize your money is the same thing as like when you know that you should do something for like work or school but you just procrastinate like everything that you do to procrastinate or to put it off isn't even fun because you know that you should figure it out or you should do the thing and you're just avoiding it and so it like builds up to be bigger and bigger and you not taking back control of your money like in the meantime, you're just making yourself feel worse. And so I think that was like a big wake up call to me. It was like, I don't have to be stressed all the time. Like I don't have to be putting this off all the time. If I just sit down, figure it out, it's not that bad. Let's take a quick break and talk about another important aspect of anyone's fitness journey, and that is the supplements you take. While they aren't necessary in order to see progress, I'm going to be really honest with you guys. If you're on point with your workouts, if you're eating right, and if you're working on your mindset already, they can definitely help. Plus, there are some things that I recommend for everyone, no matter what their goals are, so that you can really support your overall health while chasing those fitness goals because health is absolutely number one most important. And so I swear by PE Science for any and all supplements, and they have been in my corner for years and years now. They've supported me through so many different chapters of my fitness journey and life, so I know that they truly have products for everyone. They've been with me through college volleyball to bikini competitions to powerlifting to hormone balancing and overall wellness. They have really helped me do it all and they just have a super great variety of high quality purity guaranteed products but the ones I use every single day are the Vegan Select Protein, the Women's True Multi, the Symbiont GI Probiotic and Digestive Enzymes, and their Omega-3 Plus Fish Oil. All of these combined are like my little team of supplement superheroes, and they work together to make sure that I continue to feel amazing, support my health, and see progress towards my goals. If you're looking for a protein powder and just something to help you hit your daily protein requirements in a delicious and convenient way, I love their options and the vegan one is great for anyone who avoids dairy or just wants a more natural route. It's made from a blend of pea and brown rice protein and sweetened with stevia so you can really feel good about taking it and even having multiple scoops a day if you want to. The best part, though, about PE Science as a whole is that they take product quality and efficacy super, super seriously. Like everything is backed by science, clinically dosed and tested for purity before it even makes it to you. And they're one of the few truly trustworthy and honest companies in the industry. So that's one of many reasons why I'm so proud to be a part of their family and proud to be partnering with them for this episode. If you want to check out all of the products PE Science has to offer and grab some of my favorites, head to PEScience.com to start shopping and be sure to enter code Marie at checkout to save 15% on your entire order. Again, that's P-E-S-C-I-E-N-C-E.com and the 15% off code is Marie. Thank you again to PE Science for being this week's podcast sponsor. Now let's get back to the interview. So I know we talked about this when we were like brainstorming for the show. So let's talk about like some kind of the spectrum of budgeting between like what is the least amount that someone can be specific about it and what's like the major intense budget like Dave Ramsey envelope style. Like where does that range go and where do you typically recommend like a millennial to land? That's an incredible question. I love it. Like the spectrum of budgeting. I love that. So I 
definitely preach budgeting all day long. But again, like just like you said, budgeting can mean so many different things when you're talking to different people. And again, I, especially for my ideal client who is a millennial who's wondering where the hell does my money go every month, they're stressed about their purchases or they feel guilty, tracking your spending is a relief to my ideal client, which is why I preach budgeting a lot because immediately when a client comes in and we can go through all the logistics and figure out the budget and tailor it and get everything going. I also do, I consider this budgeting, it's not technically budgeting, but within the logistical planning, like the logic side of it, we also kind of like a tab over in my little Excel spreadsheet, we create a master plan that goes along with the budget. So it basically says, okay, this is how much is left over every month from the budget. And then we put it into this master plan, like dream goal setting thing where we make it real. Like I will ask them their biggest, what do you want to do? What do you want to, and they'll say, I want to, the funny thing is, and I'm sure I just almost guarantee that you have to do this too. But do you ever have clients where I get this all the time? You have to like force them to dream bigger. I'm like, what's your biggest goal? And they're like, I don't know, like pay off one credit card. I'm like, okay, that'll be done in two months. What's your next biggest goal? Like, come on, bucko. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you got to get more dreams. We, you, know? you can only achieve as big as you can dream. Like Exactly. And people do not realize like how possible their dreams are for you. Like it's not even that's possible for you. It's like, you don't realize like how quickly you're going to hit this thing. So one of the things I love to do about budgeting is that when we can kind of plan things out in advance, we can also plan out goals in advance. So not only is it, where's my money going, but that also transforms into like kind of the second half of my like budgeting, which is, okay, because of this plan, when can you pay for that vacation in full? Because of this plan, when will your credit card be paid off? Because of this plan, when will your student loan be paid off or your car paid off or your house paid for or your accounts that you're going to save for a baby, your future child for, whatever it is, a dog, duh, that's where I'm at, just saving for a dog. Um, <laughs> I'm at saving for a horse. So, you know, we all have our things. <laughs> I know, animals, animal love, know. you know? Yeah. It's like basically a child. Like that's how it feels for me. Seriously. I feel, I have a client who's saving, you know, for a future baby. And I'm like, I 100% relate. Yep. And they're like, with your dog? I'm like, well, yes. I think it's probably the same. (laughs) It's gotta (laughs) be. I can't imagine loving anything more than I love my dog. So I don't know exactly because I don't have a kid, but I'm sure that it's impossible to love something more than I love my future dog. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) But okay, so once they are able to like dream bigger and plan for their future that way, don't you see them have so much more confidence like just in everything because they freaking start to believe in themselves? Isn't that amazing? Oh, yeah, it's crazy. And It's so funny. I don't really promote this. Like, I don't use this as like a marketing technique, but it happens every single client. Every single client. Like, we start getting their spending going. Like, we start figuring out their budget. And all of a sudden, just like magical stuff happens. Like, in the beginning, like when I or before I work with clients, a lot of times they'll be like, um, this crazy thing came up and now my car tire blew out and like all these like negative things. And it's like the opposite. When people start figuring out their finances and their relationship with money gets better, it's like money just like wants to be with them. Money will just flood in. And it's like, I had a client who didn't think they were going to get a deposit back and all of a sudden got a $2,000 check in the mail. I had a client who a coworker left $50 on her desk. Just like crazy things where it's like, I don't teach my clients exactly like, hey, this is how you do it. But it's a side effect of figuring out your finances. Yeah. I mean, you're like a magnet. Yes. You are literally a money magnet and money flocks to you because I am a firm believer that when people can handle money and when people are like good stewards of money and like good owners, more money comes to them. Like it just flocks to them. And to kind of like loop back and answer your budgeting question. So when I first have clients, they are super in the spreadsheet. I mean, it's like, okay, like let's put the exact total that you were in here and change this and update this constantly. As clients become more and more confident, they rely on the budget less and less and less. Because again, the budget is to build their confidence, to help them understand where their money is going. And it's for them and not 
they need to do that. Does that make sense? Like it's a tool to help them get to a place where they are so confident where they are at that they just check it when they need to track things. Like it's more of, for example, like a company tracking metrics every month of like, hey, how do we do? Where are we at? What do we need to tweak? Or what do we have upcoming? Like that's more how it becomes as opposed to every single day looking at it, moving things around, changing things like that. Right. It's not like you're like tinkering and like living in the suck of tweaking all your numbers. It's like basically just laying everything out there and seeing what needs to happen. And it also gives you so much peace of mind. And again, confidence knowing I can afford all of these things. I can do this. I don't need to feel guilty. I don't need to feel like I'm running out of money. And it's more so like just showing you the lay of the land and giving you that confidence. And then you can kind of take off the training wheels a little bit and go more freestyle after a while, or at least that's what I've found. I don't know what you teach your clients, but like for me, just seeing everything laid out and understanding it and like kind of living by that for a few months, eventually I was able to step back from it to now like my main budgeting system is like my groceries are predictable, my rent's predictable, my car payment's predictable. I have a lot of predictable expenses and then my savings are automatic. And then my fun money, I transfer into like a separate account with a debit card and I transfer it every single week. And so once that amount is gone. I'm done with my fun money spending for the week. But I mean, that never really happens. I just pace myself. And I know this is what I have. And I never have to feel guilty about it. I never have to worry about running out of money because it's right there. And it's like, I just make it work. And that's how I budget. And that's amazing. Like, And you're a perfect example of somebody who said, okay, let's sit down, let's figure this out. And then all of a sudden, like the more you practice this, the more it just becomes a part of your day to day and it becomes so much more intuitive. I would absolutely say the way I budget now is very, very similar to you, like for myself. It's so intuitive that I am so aware of things. And I'm also like such a numbers country. Like I just feel like I creepishly like know kind of like where I'm at, what I know, like what expenses. I, I feel like in my head somewhere there's like an Excel spreadsheet, like 3D, you know, just, like that running cool? in the background. Yeah. yeah, just like running in the background. Sometimes it like freezes. I have to like close it out and hurry up. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but yeah, it's so intuitive and it's just a part of it as opposed to in the beginning where I was just trying to figure it out. And I was so just had such little confidence in myself. And you kind of touched on this earlier, but in the book, I think it was Girl, Wash Your Face. It was a Rachel Hollis book, but I'm trying to remember which one. But she talks about how when we say we're going to do something and we don't follow through, we lose confidence in ourselves. So when you take a habit, like for example, if for years that you've told yourself, I'm going to figure out my finances and you don't. And you say, I'm going to figure out my finances and you don't. I'm going to save next paycheck and you don't. I'm going to negotiate something and you don't. You lose confidence in yourself to when you actually sit down to do it. In the back of your head, you don't believe that you'll follow through. So it's almost like not only are you kind of, this is a new subject for you. So you're kind of like, oh, okay, this is new. But then you have that doubt in the back of your mind that, hey, you always say you're going to do stuff and you don't. Mm -hmm. So this is like going back to the next time thing. Oh my gosh, exactly. When you follow through for yourself and I've been taking this so seriously lately. Like I see you going to the gym. I see you. I know. Yes, exactly. Like there are so many times where, and I just kind of roll with the like, eh, I'm just like a little sore. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe my body's not feeling it, but it's truly like not a respect your body situation. It's totally a, I am kind of tired because I stayed up situation. too late last yeah. yeah. It's like such an easy way out. Lately, I've been like, if I told myself I'm going to do something, I 100% do it. And I've been doing this for like a couple months now. And it is crazy how different from even like four or five months ago, I would set my alarm to wake out, work out in the morning. And I'd be like, eh, we'll see. As opposed to now, when I set my alarm, I'm like, you bet your sweet ass I'm getting up because I said I was going to do this. And it's crazy <laughs> because I have more confidence around other stuff too, because I know that when I say I'm going to do something, I'll do it. So that's been huge. So that along with the budgeting is like the more that you do it and the more that you follow through for yourself, hey, this is where I'm at. This is what I'm going to do. And then you follow through. It's like it becomes second nature to you. It becomes just such a part of what you do and your day-to-day -day life that it's not even just like this, oh crap, I have to go do that thing. Right. Yeah. And I also want to circle back to the budget thing of like, 
I don't want people to see it as like a life sentence. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it takes a little extra work up front to like set it up and get it running. But like you said, once you have done it for a little bit, it's like more intuitive and it just takes a little maintenance here and there rather than like being in it all the time. And I think that's one thing that really scares people off from really committing to it is they're like, but I can't see myself doing that forever. And it's kind of like there are so many parallels between money and fitness where people like don't want to start or they start and then they try to do everything perfectly into extremes and they fall off. Like there are all of these parallels. And I think that's something that stops people from pursuing fitness goals too, is they're like, oh, well, I can't do it perfectly or I can't do it forever. So I'm not going to do it at all where, yeah, it just takes more oomph and more like gumption up front, but it doesn't always have to be that way. You just have to learn the ropes and like use all the tools and figure out what it looks like. And then it's more of like coasting once you kind of get all the habits and mindset and stuff in place. Oh, for sure. 100%. That's such a great way to put it. And it's such a parallel between fitness. You know, people are like day one, they're like, well, I have to lose 125 pounds this week. And people think the same way about finances. They're like, well, I have to save $1 million because I'm behind in one week. And it's like, whoa, dude, you know, if those same people, whether fitness goals or finance goals, let's say a person truly, obviously this is like a ridiculous example, but they were truly trying to lose like 125 pounds in a very short amount of time. How much would that person have to change their lifestyle? Cut your legs Just off. Just in- insane. They would have to absolutely change their entire lifestyle. Same with finances. You would have to absolutely sacrifice and change and do all this stuff. Whereas what I teach is, hey, how about you get the exact same result that you want, but you do it while maintaining your lifestyle? If not, a lot of times increasing your lifestyle and getting that result like very easily by optimizing your finances instead of sacrificing. Right. It's all about sustainability for both of us, the way that we teach in our respective fields. It's like so much about sustainability and finding what's going to make your life fun. No one wants to just live and suck forever. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So I'm curious about a certain aspect of finances. I want to talk about giving. Like, giving, philanthropy, being generous with money, like that's something that I care a lot about. So should people still try to give when they feel like they're living paycheck to paycheck, whether it's because they haven't optimized their finances or because they truly don't make a lot of money? Like, what do you think about that? Here's the thing is that whatever you are right now, whoever you are, however you act, whatever you give in this example, when you are super wealthy, and yes, I say when, that's just going to be magnified. So if you are someone who is super stingy, they're like, I, you know, I do not want to give a dollar more than I have to. I don't want to spend this. I'll just do it later. You will not do that when you have a million dollars because you'll feel the same way. And again, it's based on these beliefs that we have of, for example, maybe money's always going to leave me. I have to hold on to every dime that I have. I can't give because money always leaves me anyway. There's not enough. And when we can kind of get rid of the mindset behind it, then we can give. And for giving, as an example specifically, it's so much more mindset than logistics. It's so much more mindset because when you are in a state of like living paycheck to paycheck or just really feeling in a bad place with your finances, you're in survival mode. You don't think about and you don't want to think about other people because you're like, I'm just trying to get by. Like, I'm just trying to make things work for me. And that's why figuring out your finances is not only incredible for every single person, but it's incredible for the people around them. Because when you're filled up, when your needs are met, you're able to give to other people. You're able to have that spill out over you and give. And if you're super giving now, you'll be super giving and on an even bigger scale. And I think a lot of people really struggle with, they think that if I'm going to give a $100 or $1,000 or $10,000 donation, it doesn't matter. And I think that's where a lot of people go wrong and a lot of people focus on how much should I be giving? Like I get asked that a lot. Like how much do I have to be giving? And if that's your question, you should focus less on what the obligation you have should be and more on what your heart can be called to give. Like focus more on like where can I give and just open your eyes. This is one of my favorite things like favorite pieces of advice to give to people in this situation like when I get DMs about what should I give? 
And my biggest thing is that you can start today just by keeping your eyes open. And I mean that literally. Like, how often are we walking on our phones and we don't open a door for the person in front of us? Or we don't even like glance at the homeless person sitting outside the restaurant? Or somebody looks upset, but we don't even notice because we are in our email. And it's like, get in the habit of giving the small stuff and you'll be so much more able and want to give when it comes to like money. So like buy the homeless person outside the restaurant a sandwich, hold the door open for someone, ask someone at work, Hey, are you okay? Like, how are you doing? Can I, can I support you or what's going on? When you are grateful and open and giving in those situations, when it comes to a situation where you are like, oh, should I donate to this charity? It's not a matter of like, right, like parting with your money and like, yeah, exactly. Like Like it just becomes, yeah. So if you're someone who's struggling with that and you're like, I want to give, but like I'm living paycheck to paycheck, start with the small stuff because it will automatically bleed into the bigger stuff. And that's honestly for no matter where you're at. If you are someone who wonders that and you just think like, I'll give when, insert, whatever number, like I'll give win, insert whatever that result is, start with that because that will open your heart to want to give that extra five, 10, 20, 100, $500. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I feel like we've talked about so much good stuff. So let's try to like wrap it up into like a neat little present. And I want to know what are the main biggest money mistakes that you're seeing your clients and people who are in their 20s or in college or fresh out of college like what are the biggest mistakes that they're making that are easily avoidable and they could like implement right now okay number one would definitely be trying to hit a ton of different results at the same time so I see this all the time. I'm like, hey, what are you doing right now? Like, what are your money goals? And they're like, well, I'm putting some money towards savings, some money towards a vacation, some money towards retirement, some money towards paying off debt, some money towards saving for a new apartment, some money towards this. And it's like, they feel like they never get any results and then they get discouraged. And one of the things that I push my clients to focus on is choosing their most important goal. Obviously you're still, it's not like, don't pay rent until you hit this goal. It's like (laughs) you still do all this other stuff, but you focus on what's your number one goal right now. Let's say you have a vacation coming up in a couple weeks. Okay, make that your number one goal because it's timely and you need to do that. Put all your extra money towards that vacation and pay off, boom, done. And you get that result. You're like, Ayo, like, oh, you know, like I'm getting that result and you get pumped up. So then you're like, okay, what's my next thing? Let's say it's paying off one of your loans. Choose a specific loan. Like a lot of times people will say, oh my God, like I have $40,000 of loans. And it's like thinking, hey, I'm going to start paying off $40,000 of loans today is so overwhelming and scary. But a lot of times those loans are broken down into super small pieces. So they might have a loan that's $400. Okay. I'm going to start trying to pay $400 off. That is totally possible and digestible. And if you just focus on that result, you get that win again. Cause you're like, Oh my gosh, I did it. Like I paid off that loan and order them. Like, don't just say, okay, screw all my other goals. Like write them on a piece of paper and just decide which one you're going to hit first. A lot of people get nervous about this because they're like, well, then my other goals like won't get stuff. And it's like, I promise that by doing it this way, you'll be able to hit those goals that are later in the list just as fast, if not faster. And it's more sustainable because you have that kind of excitement of getting those results. So that's definitely number one. Number two, without a doubt, the monster of credit card debt. So I see so many millennials absolutely drowning in credit card debt to where it's just like, I cannot tell you how many people cry on like a call just to chat about jumping in the course. Like people can't even like verbalize how stressful it is for them and how they just feel like they'll never get ahead. So let me just drop this crazy, another like example of why people think that, oh, I'll never get ahead. It's like, there's a reason you feel like you're stuck and here's why. Let's say you had $10,000 of like a max out credit card, okay? And you have a 20% APR. APR is the same as interest, okay? So that means that you have like 0.0005 something of interest per day that hits that account. 
So that equates to $5.50 per day of interest, which is $164 a month. Now, your banks normally do about 2% of your balance is your minimum payment. So let that would mean that 2% of $10,000 is $200. So if your minimum payment is $200, that means you spent $164 paying off interest, meaning you made a payment of $36 toward your principal of $10,000 and you just paid the bank $164 of interest. And it's like, no wonder you feel stuck. Like, no wonder you feel like you're drowning. You're putting all this money and it's just disappearing. So credit card, I see so many people and it's defeating, you know, to say, Hey, I made a $200 balance. Like it's finally going to get under whatever. And then to see it barely move like that sucks and it's defeating. So another mistake is just kind of letting that get out of hand and not having a plan and not having confidence around paying it off. So I'm not anti-credit card. However, I am absolutely a big proponent of paying off a big credit card balance because that can absolutely, and more so, honestly, like in my truthful opinion, more so because of the emotional damage than the financial damage. Financially, it's hard, but it's totally possible to get out of. But emotionally, that is the number one thing that I see people so discouraged about and so upset about and just heartbroken is that overwhelming credit card balance. So watch out for that. And my tip in order to combat that a little bit is reason number three of like the biggest mistakes that I see people make, and that's not negotiating. So one way that you can right now get an absolutely incredible return on listening to this podcast is negotiating. And if you have a credit card balance, you have a credit card, go negotiate your interest rate. And a lot of this is finding out what's a competitive rate and then negotiating that. I mean, I cannot tell you how many people leave money on the table from not negotiating their salary, from not negotiating rent, from not negotiating their credit card balance, and not negotiating like, hey, why did this fee hit my account? Can you remove this? You know, not like asking those questions. It's crazy to me. I can't, I get so many. DMs or like comments from people saying, oh my God, like I just tried negotiating and it was easy. And I'm like, yes, people think, people think negotiating is like two lawyers in a courtroom in suits, like screaming at each other. Like, no, one of my favorite movies is A Few Good Men. And he's like, you can't handle the truth. Have you ever seen that? I've never seen it. Oh my gosh. That you need okay. <laughs> no. You need to watch that. It's such a good movie. But like screaming at each other. And one of the easiest ways to negotiate, like one of the easiest examples is next time you are at like the mall or something. And a lot of times like this happens to me at Target is I will always like I look up stuff on Target a lot of times online to make sure it's in the store before I go to the store. Because the worst thing is when you go to the store to get something and then it's not there and you're like, oh my goodness gracious. So I look up stuff a lot online and then I'll get to the store and it'll be a different price. It'll be more expensive in the store. So I'll say, hey, can you do a price match on this? Boom, done. Like that is negotiation. Asking at Foot Locker, okay, saying, hey, here's this exact same Nike shoe on Nike.com, match this price. Like that is negotiation. And the worst people can say is no. The worst someone can tell you is no. And like people are like so embarrassed. Like, oh my God, what if they say no? Like people tell me no all the time. And I'm like, all right, thank you so much. Like, have a great day. Boom. They're not saying like, no, you're a horrible person. You're so greedy. Why would you ask for more? Get out of my store. You can't even buy this. Like, that's what people think. And it's like, people will say no. And I'm like, okay, but guess what? I hear yes all of the time. People say yes all of the time. And that alone, like negotiating alone is one of the easiest ways to keep the exact same value of something and pay less for it or pay the same for it, but get more value. Whatever it may be, I'm huge on do not sacrifice, optimize, like figure out the way that you can just pay less for the exact same thing. And again, there's obviously exceptions to this, but not negotiating is a mistake that I see people make all the time. 
And it's such an easy thing to do. And again, a lot of this comes from not having any confidence around money. So they don't want to talk about it. Yeah. I feel like one of the scary parts about negotiating is like, I just don't know what to say. Like what leverage do I have to like ask these things? And so knowledge is really so powerful when it comes to finance because it really gives you like that confidence or that courage to take that step. And I feel like for our listeners, this probably was a huge step in the right direction and gave them some confidence to start taking action. But if they still don't really know where to go for more or what steps to take next, what are your go-to resources for upping that knowledge, upping that confidence, like improving the money mindset? Where can they go? And I also hear that you might have a special opportunity for them. Yes, absolutely. So I have a ton of my Instagram handle is deeper period than period money. And I do a ton of like free trainings and tips over on my Instagram. I also have a couple freebies that you can pop over and grab to learn a ton of different tricks and tips and just really the outline of some of the stuff we talked about today, like budgeting and really some ways to optimize your finances. If you are so many good money hacks, yes, so many good money hacks. Yes, I love coming up with ways, like super simple ways to like tell people that they don't know. I'm like, I'm always that's one thing that I'm always doing. I'm always brainstorming, like, what do I know that people don't like? What can I tell them that they'll be like, oh my gosh, what a great way! So, lots of money tips, but also if you are looking for something a little bit more with more accountability, with more tailored information and a process fit perfectly for you and your needs. My signature program, it's 12 weeks. It's called the Wealth Accelerator. It's currently open right now. So exciting. It teaches you the exact process of how to finally get ahead with your finances, pay off debt, save for the big future investments, and experience financial freedom now instead of waiting till you're 60. And today, because I'm obsessed with Marie, she's the greatest human being in the world, and I love her community, I would absolutely love to offer any of her listeners that join the program a 30-minute one-on-one call with me as a free bonus, just as a thank you for letting me come on here and join your community and, you know, just grind and be grateful with you guys. Love you guys. Yeah. Well, thank you. That's honestly such a great bonus. I would probably use it and just end up spending 30 minutes like hanging out with you. But, you know, you guys should definitely take advantage of that because I've spent a solid chunk of time with Chloe Money here and she has so much to offer. And like I said, just the smallest nuggets of wisdom that you would never think of can make such a big difference. So definitely take advantage of that. Where can they get more information or sign up for it? Absolutely. So all of the information, again, you can find it over on my Instagram, deeper period than period money over on Instagram. I can also send my direct link to that stuff, maybe like put in the show notes too. Yeah, for sure. And so to claim the 30-minute call, they just have to put in code Marie, right? Put in the code Marie at checkout and you will automatically, well, get an email over to you and set up a time to get your 30-minute bonus one-on-one call. Oh my gosh. Lucky, lucky gals with that. Okay. Awesome. So guys go say hi to Chloe. Go tell her thank you so much for dropping all this financial knowledge on us today and for that awesome offer with the Wealth Accelerator. But before we go, Chloe, I just have a few like fun rapid fire questions to mix it up. Okay. Okay. Fun. Do it. Can't wait. (laughs) Okay. Totally unrelated, but I think these are fun. So first one is sweet or salty. Definitely sweet emails or handwritten cards like snail mail style? Handwritten cards 10 out of 10. My goal is every single Friday to write a handwritten thank you card. Oh my gosh, that's so sweet. Yeah. That's amazing. Okay. Pancakes or waffles? Waffles. Really important. Why? Because I really don't like syrup and pancakes with no syrup and just butter, like you can never get the butter everywhere. And so the butter, you can get it in all the little crevices and waffles. And I'm here for okay, it. I feel like that's valid. I'm still a <laughs> pancake person, but I, I'll accept that. Um, a hot coffee or iced coffee? Hot coffee. Movie theater or Netflix on your couch? Netflix on my couch. Yes. Amen. And then last but not least, this one's related. Credit card or cash? Cash. Mm, okay. Cash is king in Chloe Money's world. I'm here for cash. Actually, I would put debit card over both. The funny thing is I actually, I do Venmo a lot because I feel like I'm always out with like my friends and stuff and 
somebody will take an Uber or something. And it's like, I love Venmoing or I love like, you know, just send somebody a little Venmo, like, Hey, buy a coffee. You know, it's like, it's tough to do snail mail. If you think of something the day of, or also like another thing that's so fun is to send somebody like e-gift cards. And you can do that through like Target and Starbucks and they get a little email that says like, hey, you just got sent a coffee. And it's like, that is so stinking cute. That's so thoughtful. Well, that's what people can do for giving too. Okay. Love it. And then last but not least, because this is a Grinding Be Grateful podcast, we've got to know, number one, what's one thing that you're currently grinding for and working really hard for? And what's one thing that you are hugely grateful for? Oh, I love it. So the thing I'm definitely grinding for right now is this launch of the 12-week program, The Wealth Accelerator. I'm bound and determined to make this the most transformational and impactful round. So I'm just putting like all my heart and hustle into it right now and just brainstorming ways that I can make it even better, even more transformational. Yeah, so it's like taking all my all my grind right now and I'm loving it. I love it. And then one thing I'm so grateful for, well, it's so hard to not say the people that have already jumped into the Wealth Accelerator. I'm just like obsessed with that. It's the best feeling. You know, it's like new people are jumping in and just to go like creep on their Instagrams and just think like, dude, I'm going to change your life. Like, I'm just like, (laughs) it sounds so silly, but I get so excited and it's like, I just feel so grateful. Like, how do I get to do this as a job that I literally get to go teach what I love talking about most and then watch it change people. I'm so grateful for that. It like blows my mind every time I think about it. Right. Yeah. I feel the same way about my clients too. Like obviously we teach different things, but it's equally as transformational and it just makes my heart so happy and I'm just like pinch myself. And I also, same thing with the podcast. I'm like, wow, someone literally just hung out with me for an hour. Like someone chose to hang out with me for an hour of their day. How freaking cool is that? <laughs> like somebody's just like driving in their car right now, like listening to this. Like that's mind blowing. That's so cool. And I love just binging your podcast. I love it. I'm obsessed with it. And I can't Thanks. wait until I, I never take it for granted. I know. I can't wait until I have my grind and be grateful, Teddy, Snuggy, hoodie thing. And I get to cuddle up with that. That's my asterisk is I want Netflix on my couch with my grind and be grateful hoodie. And then life's good. Well, I can't wait until I get to binge your podcast, Chloe. I know. Coming soon. You heard it here first, folks. 2019, (laughs) y'all. Okay. Well, let's wrap this thing up. I think we could just, you know, shoot the shit forever. But thank you so much for being on the show, Chloe. You guys go check her out at Deeper Than Money on Instagram. Send her some love and be sure to screenshot and post you tuning into the show on your Instagram story to spread the love and share this amazing knowledge with your friends. Thanks, Chloe. I'll talk to you again soon. Before you go, I just wanted to say thank you so much for spending your time with me on the Grind and Be Grateful podcast today. I'm super happy that we were able to hang out and share some good vibes today. It would mean the absolute world to me if you could take one second to share this episode with someone who you think would love it, whether it's texting it to your friend, linking it on Twitter, or posting a screenshot on your Instagram story. It is all super appreciated. And please leave a show review on iTunes if you're enjoying it. Tell me what you think. Let me know what you want to hear more of. This show is for you, so your feedback matters. Plus, it would really help me out on my mission to educate and empower women everywhere to become their very best selves. Thank you again for listening and supporting the show. And until next time, don't forget to grind to be grateful, my friends. Bye.